Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the only place where you'll learn of the bits and bites of the cosplay world, convention coverage, cosplay guests, spotlights, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy getting a look into bringing a character to life. This is Cosplay Bites. All right. What's up, guys? I'm back with another episode of Cosplay Bites. And forgive me for it being late in the month for this to go up. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could half blame my guest for that. <laughs> my <laughs> I've got the incredibly gorgeous Azura cosplay with me today, right? Yep, that's correct. Azura. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pronouncing it this whole time in my head, all the year I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty normal. I'm I'm used to people coming right up and being like, Azura, and I'm like, who's this Azura you're speaking about? Do I need to go kill her? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Azura, 100%, which is good. So this is great for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, this episode, the main topic, which we'll get into in a little bit, is all about Patreon, considering the fact that pretty much every cosplayer and their mother has one, and my guest is almost done, ready to launch hers. <laughs> It'll be up later today, actually, so this oh, is good talk about it. I've definitely spent enough time slaving over it and crying over it, sweating over it, and pretty confident i can i can definitely give a lot of input as to how it works what it's for how it benefits the cosplay community etc yeah yeah you got this all right so it's the last day of july which means august kicks in tomorrow which also is special for my case with my blog because later in august will mark the fifth year that I've had this up and running. So five years, over 800 posts, most of them done by me, and there's a lot of stuff going on with like rebranding and all these little bits and pieces that I'm going to go into later that month. Um, upcoming features, I got... Oh, I'm probably going to butcher this name. Akakiago's Lucina. Uh, Leah Steva with her incredible Star Guardian Ergo that she just debuted at Anime Expo. Uh, I got a Bulma cosplay, Pixel Pants as Bowser, and a whole bunch of other wonderful people throughout the month of August so far. And with that being said, uh, again, New York Comic Con, my only other con this year. That's in a couple of months, so... I actually should be getting the badges soon within the next month or so. All right. So uh, next up is Spotlight. Um, this is where basically we get to I get to gush a little bit about my guest because that's usually how it always happens. Uh, <laughs> so I'm well, I guess I found Azura cosplay online. Someone must have shared. I don't know who. <laughs> A lot of times I'd find cosplayers that people share them, and I'm like, who shared who? And I'm like, I, I don't remember. But it was her incredibly gorgeous, sexy, cute, um, 
Ghost Gajinka from Game of Thrones. So yeah, um, I had originally made that costume for last year's Halloween. I really wanted to look for something that was good for not just Halloween itself, but great for cons and figured since I've been wanting to make a wolf headdress for a very long time, it was the perfect opportunity to do that. And so that plus my rather obsessive love of World of Warcraft um, and a little bit of Skyrim too. It's got that Skyrim flavor. Yeah. Um, decided to kind of hybridize together and create my own take on a humanized version of ghosts. So it was great to make. It was very, very easy as far as armor was concerned. It was all foam, um, no warbla, no thermoplastics, nothing like that. And I was able to get that all together within three weeks. And granted, there was certainly a lot of crying, like, <laughs> for it. <laughs> it's like, am I really going to get this done? But overall, it was it was a pretty good experience. It came out really well. Um, it was a great opportunity to um, obviously look into headdresses, see if I was able to make them. Um, I'm obsessed with animals. And I, as a um, an illustrator, actually, have always been into realism. And I really wanted to bring that to my cosplays as well. Yeah. Always a lot of crying. Always. Cosplayers are in crunch <laughs> mode. Yeah. And that was the outfit I met you in this past KatsuCon. Yep, that's true. And yeah, I worn that. And uh, I also debuted my Void Elf there, um, Sans the Wings, which I'm also glad I didn't make because considering how busy KatsuCon gets, I really didn't want to end up. Oh, yeah bringing those after working hard on them and then them breaking. It was, I got jostled around, poked a couple people in the eyes with my pauldrons. Oops. So <laughs> overall, really glad that I decided to put that to the side. Yeah. I'm still sad I didn't see it in person. <laughs> oh, I know. It stunk. You'll definitely have to see it next time I wear it. I'll, uh, I'll be redoing it at some point. So. All right. All right. Well, that being said, uh, let's just get into it. So Patreon for those who don't know, uh, it's basically like a monthly paid subscription kind of thing where you can support your favorite artists, uh, uh, podcast people, hey, such, a, such as myself. I got a mainly a free one for my blog that's been going up with some behind-the-scenes looks at how I write up posts and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's become a main income for a lot of cosplayer that want to do this full-time instead of, like, their regular job or... Or have it in addition to their regular nine to five job, and I guess you could say there's a lot of subsets of Patreon. Like you got the normal cosplayers, um, those that kind of have it for free when they upload a lot of uh, patterns. Um, the only one I can think of that comes to mind like that is Kamui cosplay. I think hers is relatively free but then you get all into the whole lewd and sexy patreon where it's all digital sets and whatnot so yeah what are your thoughts about patreon as a whole um it's i mean overall i think it's a, a really great tool for people like you said who want to support their favorite artists to be able to do that and get some great um exclusive material in return a lot of stuff that does go out there is not exclusive of course which it should be but um it's a really nice concept where like for me as an artist if somebody's supporting me um i can give back to those generous enough to give to me so it's you know it's definitely not something where 
you know, the majority of cosplayers out there are making tons of money doing it. Um, a lot of them are not doing it professionally. It's more just to kind of help out your favorite cosplayer, get the resources they need in order to make the costumes that they want to produce so that you can see it, everyone else can see it, everyone gets to enjoy. It's a very, very nice way of doing it. And um, honestly, it's a, it's a modern twist on how patrons way back in the day during the time of Michelangelo and other famous artists, um, that's pretty much how they went about it. They got paid to produce art. They got paid for their resources, their time, et cetera. And that's how they were able to create these masterpieces. Oh yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. So regarding everything from like people giving out some free stuff versus more exclusive content, especially lewds and things like that. Um, it does kind of stink that, you know, the majority of stuff out there, it's, especially if somebody wants to make really embellished cosplays and stuff, like they're, they're beautiful. Everyone loves looking at them, but at the end of the day, they're not going to make you as much money in terms of prints and even tutorials and things like that as lewd content, simply because sex sells. Um, yep. There was no right or wrong about it whatsoever. Um, if somebody loves to focus in on sexy cosplays or even boudoir, and that's their main focus, there shouldn't be any problem with that whatsoever. That's how they like to express their creativity. Um, it makes them feel good about themselves. Other people enjoy it. No problem with that. Um, I'm more on the side where I want to be known for producing some top-notch cosplays. And I've been kind of under the radar for a while. I've taken lots of breaks over the last couple of years. So there, I really haven't produced a lot in the way of like full costumes and going to cons. But at the end of the day, that's my main focus. I want to see how far I can go with my skill um, and right. supplementing it with lewd content. And when I say lewd, especially for me, I mean classy, artistic, tasteful. Um, again, that's my thing. Yeah. Um, then I see no problem with that while, you know, spending the rest of my time working on big costumes for whatever con I end up going to and events, et cetera. So it's, it's a great way of, you know, people who do want to see that sexy stuff, they get all of that. They can, you know, it's relatively cheap, depends on the person, but overall lewds usually go for, you know, I want to say 10 to 15, sometimes more than that, depending on how much content is being produced by artists a month. Yeah. And you get all sorts of content. Um, you get like high-res images. You get to see all the kinds of stuff they're doing behind the scenes. It's really, really nice. And again, it supplements the income that they're putting toward cosplaying or right. if they're going professional. It helps them do their job. It helps them produce more. It helps them come out with more tutorials even for other cosplayers. It's not just about lewds. That's the nice thing. Obviously, some people are very focused on that. And again, great for them. A lot of people like to do it because it's fun and again that's where the income comes from yeah yeah um i myself trying to stick to four people that i've pledged to consistently for a lot of months and then like a lot of times when i when i want to get lewd content i just do like a one month pledge for a really high tier where i get a lot of good rewards and then back out after the month or before the month end before i'm charged again and relatively all the girls that i pledged to were okay with that yeah i mean at the end of the day you as a friend are helping them out immensely by contributing to again the funds they need for their cosplays and you get great rewards so everyone wins yep yeah it's a great way to support friends other cosplayers you know of or even haven't met yet but really appreciate the artwork of it's a nice way of saying I like what you do, I respect what you do, and I want you to be able to keep doing it. Yeah. 
yeah. I know for my Patreon, it's a lot of just free content. Um, with one tip jar tier that people have been generous enough to pledge towards, and uh, I was able to give out some rewards ish, just chibi version stickers of me that I commissioned from an artist that I really like and gave them a little thank you card. And then I think after two months, um, I start including their names at the end of every single blog post. So they're kind of like immortalized in that sense. Yeah, that's a great way of doing it. And especially the people who, you know, you're giving out free content. If people are kind enough or have the means to, you know, donate to your cause and help you continue doing what you're doing, giving out any sort of reward, whether it's something small or something more on the larger scale of like prints or otherwise depends on again, what you offer is a really, really nice way of saying thank you. And I recognize what you're doing and what you're doing is helping me do what I love to do. So it's very, very important to say thank you in one way or another. And that's great that you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind like eating like the ship, the like postage cost. I don't really like a good chunk of my, patrons are all local so yay i don't have to mail <laughs> oh yeah show right up on their doors and be like here you go <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah and then of course like you get all the all the controversy that i guess patreon stirred up for cosplayers just with um people not realizing how much work goes into it like <laughs> oh yeah first first, first glance people that get upset they're like oh they're just looking hot and taking pictures and they're making like ten thousand dollars a month what the fuck yeah i mean at the end of the day like certain things absolutely do require more effort more talent more resources but regardless of what those things are you're still putting in the effort you're still taking the time to produce content for people and hey if people are willing to pay for it then great. I mean, at the end of the day, you're producing something that people think is valuable enough to subscribe for. And that's what's important. So even with like the the stuff that I'm doing versus somebody who is only focused on sexy lingerie shoots, I mean, hey, they are probably not, well, uh, I'd say needing to shell out as much money. It depends on what they're getting. But even if they're not shelling out as much money to do what they're doing, say they have somebody who's a friend who will do the shoots for free, edit the shoots and things like that. They're still taking the time to pose. They're still taking the time to try and produce that content. Again, it's different, but at the end of the day, if people like it, why not do it? Especially if it makes you happy. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Wow, I, I went into the thing. Oh, we got so much to talk about for Patreon. It's just oh, like yeah. now we're now we're here and we're just like. Uh, I know we have to like only scratch the surface because we only have so much time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm just trying to think of what else could we talk about in regards to Patreon. Because I'm drawing a blank. I mean, one of the one of the things that I would love to bring up is the fact that I mean. I have somebody, and this is this is great information for somebody else who's considering starting Patreon, regardless of whether they actually plan on making money or not. Because, hell, if you want to put up a Patreon and offer only free content and just have a, a little donation box, so to speak, totally cool. If you actually want to make a little bit of money, cool. doesn't matter whether you end up doing it or not, but 
what I can do is at least provide the experience I've had in getting it set up, which was, I mean, I'm paying attention to very minute details. Like what is the page looking like? How am I going to like brand myself? I'm a graphic designer by trade. And again, illustrator before that I was doing those both professionally. And so I really like for my content and my presence online to really and accurately visually represent myself. And um, you'll actually see, I actually had painted my own badges for each tier. I'm working on a couple other ones. Um, any graphics I do for that, I am completely doing on my own. I'm not hiring somebody else. People don't necessarily need to do this by any means, but again, photos and graphics or gifts or whatever you want, whatever you think represents yourself, by all means, don't feel like hesitant to hold back on letting people know who you are just from the way your content looks. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been your go-to guy as in like, you've been like spamming me with so many questions on yeah. how to set it up. Like what's your take on this? Like, can you give me examples on other Patreon that I personally have pledged to? And like, it's, it's really important. Like, especially for somebody who does want to take it seriously and wants to be taken seriously. This is something where I, as a professional artist, you know, if I'm making this into a career, I want it to be as solid as possible. Even if it ends up not being that, I mean, I'm still doing, you know, my own job on the side. Even if I'm not doing that, I still want it to be, again, a, something I'm proud of. And the yeah. best way to really figure out what works for you isn't just to like look at your own stuff and be like, what do I think represents me? But more go out and do your research, look at other people's content, look at what people are offering, look, look at, you know, the different styles people use. And based on that, you get a sense of what's out there. And that, I mean, you're going to end up being able to buff out your profile, offer the content that you think is appropriate to yourself, get some ideas for content that maybe you didn't think of that you thought would be really easy to do and well received. Right. And so my, my mantra regarding anything artistic, especially if it's something that is going to be kind of audience facing is do your research, do as much as you can ask as many questions as you can learn as much as you can, because that's how you're going to really figure out what's going to work for you. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I decided to take the plunge after realizing maybe I could make some money off of my writing. And that, like, I have ads running on my blog, but I get you so much. Like, Google AdSense is so stupid where I have to meet a minimum threshold of $100 for it to hit my bank account. And I've had this thing for about three to four years. And last I checked, it between 50 and $60 added up. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's the one unfortunate thing. You know, one, the economy. Two, the people who want to subscribe oftentimes have to put their money elsewhere, which is totally reasonable in this day and age, especially the younger generations. And at the end of the day, artists rarely get paid what they're worth. Yeah. Well, I, as a graphic designer and illustrator, and that also includes digital painting. Um, I mean, I've done, I've taken both contract positions and I've done full-time. And one of the things I'm really familiar with, and it's it really saddens me to know that this is just the way it is, is that, you know, say you're working on something that takes you a week to do, and the cost of materials, even if it's just Photoshop, say that there isn't really a cost of materials, um, you know, people are going to say, hey, can I get 
you know, an eight and a half by 11 picture of my dog. And I'll turn around and say, okay, that's, that's totally fine. And, you know, that'll take me X amount of hours and say it's, say it's a bigger project where it's going to take a week and cosplays, for instance, take sometimes months. So this is like a small scale. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell them it's going to be between three and $500 and they're just taken aback. They're like, what? That's crazy. Like, I can't believe that it only takes you, you know, so many hours. And I'm like, well, this is the thing, you know, an average professional is going to be making between, I mean, at least for illustration or graphic design or any creative field, they're going to be making between 20 and $50 an hour, which yep. is reasonable for someone who's gone to school for it and been spending years studying it. And like the reason things are so expensive oftentimes isn't just the time and the materials it's the fact that this person is dedicated so much of their life to learning about this and you're paying for the experience too right so you know cosplays even if you're making them for yourself which i i prefer i've taken commissions and sometimes they're fulfilling a lot of the time they're they're kind of a mess just in that you know you're sizing for somebody else you're making something that maybe you weren't interested in making you know even if you're making for yourself and you're just getting that self-fulfillment from that if you want to try and make money from it you're still going to have to understand people this this community in general like this community kind of understands how expensive it is but just people in general these days don't understand how expensive it truly is to make and so like one of the things that I even I put on my Patreon is, you know, I have a little FAQ section, which, you know, I figure is great for anyone who's like looking for some quick information on X, Y, and Z. And one of the things I, I've been asked, obviously, is, is it really that expensive to do cosplay? Like, why do you need Patreon? And besides, obviously, being able to give back to people who want to donate and help out, it's it really is the fact that the materials not even including the time the materials themselves are really pricey and cosplays themselves can be between i mean i think i said i've paid upwards of 2k for a single costume i had to revamp it and that's why it cost so much but the materials i needed were hard to find shipping was expensive everything got ordered overseas and then i spent time trying to make it and so that's why Patreon at the end of the day for people who do want to make money is important. It's the one opportunity they really have to kind of help with those costs. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could totally believe the $2,000 cosplays and I've seen that kind of work being done by a whole bunch of other people from yeah, my time I, being I online. I was the only one who spent that kind of money on something until I realized what, like what, other people were spending yeah that's like chump change in comparison to the, some of the costumes i've seen especially things that go to like dragon con oh yeah i can imagine yeah yeah and i i mean i'd say like one of the things you were you would ask me a lot like when you set up your patreon and you got all the tiers like you want to set it up so that the pricing is fair and decent like like they increment in a fair amount. Yeah. Like I remember when it was just starting out, when Cockbeard were just hopping in on the Patreon train, some girl would have a dozen tiers with like maybe five or ten dollar increments and like nothing really different. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's superfluous. And then you're also paying attention to like, okay, what do I need to send out for? What am I responsible for? Because these people are paying for these things. Um, 
I mean, I really, I wanted to make sure it was comparable to what other people are doing, both in terms of the, the cost of each tier monthly and the rewards being given out at the end of each month. And there are a couple of things that I still need to figure out because I really want to do my research before I commit to things. The last thing I'd want to ever do is tell people, hey, you pay this and this is what you get in rewards and not be able to deliver. Like yeah. I always, always want to give the best to people who are kind enough to donate to what I'm doing. Yeah. And you, you also want to like make sure that your tiers get an equal amount of love and like not have like a bunch of tiers, but like you pay or like you give the most attention to like the ones that are like $60 or $50 and above. That's just, that's not really good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it make it makes all the other patrons that can't afford that feel like they're missing out on so much. And they just don't know what to do. They may have to like unpledge because it's not worth their the amount of money that they're willing to give and a whole bunch of other issues. Yeah, with with like the higher tiers, those are the ones I'm I'm still working out and everything. The the main ones I have are gonna be up no problem, easy enough to, you know, commit to. The higher ones, I really wanna make sure that one, I'm only allowing a certain amount of people per tier depending on what I'm offering because I don't want to overcommit myself. Oh yeah. And two, making sure that I really do spend that time to give those people what they deserve. And I mean, even as an artist, like I've had people who flat out were like, I don't want anything from you. I want to be able to sponsor you because, you know, I see the talent, I see the the ambition. Um, I know you've been doing this professionally for a while and I get that people just don't make the money that they should for this kind of work. And I would love, obviously, if people came in and were like, hey, let's give you a hundred bucks a month for nothing. Like, but at the same time, I still want to give them something back because like, I don't yeah. know, I, I wouldn't feel good taking money from somebody and not doing something really special for them. And so, yeah, it's for the people who are going to be, you know, committing to top tiers, I need to commit to them to the same level. And if that includes everything from, you know, Google Hangouts and I mean, I, I would love to do um, like hand done sketches for them, especially if they actually like my, my normal artwork. <laughs> at yeah. that, that stuff is really special for me to do. And the people who have received that in the past as thank you have adored what they've gotten. And so it really kind of encourages me to want to do that more right. I mean, for, for cosplay people. It may be a little bit different because they're on my page, not necessarily for my illustrations, but for my costumes. So, you know, I'll figure out what exactly is going to be best suited for those people. And say I do have somebody who comes along and wants to spend a hundred dollars a month. If that means tweaking, you know, saying these are the main tier rewards you're going to get and let's tweak what extra you're going to get. That's like custom to you. I'm totally cool with that. And that's why those slots are probably going to be on the more limited side. That way I can really, really, you know, focus my attention on them and give them what they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I think Jessica is the only one I know who has a Patreon where her higher tiers are set to a specific number of people. Like, I think it's like 150 out of 150 people can go into this tier and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 
I always wondered too, because like obviously with Jessica and a couple other people who are doing it full time and really have to produce a ton of content because they have such a large audience, I wonder how they are able to balance their time between giving out the rewards they need to, especially for, you know, say, say there's 150 people on a, on a top tier. Like, how do you find the time to make sure that you're doing exactly what they need while still having the time to craft? I guess that's where, you know, people get assistance or they have family members help out. And I know a lot of calls yep. started doing that. I'm pretty much on my own with that. You know, I can get help from a few chosen people here and there, but overall, like at the end of the day, it is, it's going to be me. And so while I'd love to expand and just offer the world to anybody who wants to subscribe or even anybody who doesn't, anybody who's even, you know, they just want to share my content and help out that way because either that's what they're all like, that's what they can do at the time or that's what they want to do and they don't want to do anything else. Like it's not realistic. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we talked about it before, like how I, I plan to eventually like, sub tiers at a high tier for a month when you get when you get the ball rolling for a couple of months and then hopefully by the time that runs around and then after i do that i can try to pledge a smaller amount that's more consistent so i can stay on for you mm -hmm. yeah i really appreciate that and obviously like if something came up and you weren't able to do that i i am the last person ever where if somebody can't subscribe for some reason i am not gonna guilt them that's like totally not cool yeah at the end of the day, it's like even somebody sharing content, like say I post something on Instagram, somebody wants to post it somewhere. That alone is incredibly helpful and still reminds me that what I'm doing is appreciated by people. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, you got a lot to say. That was good. <laughs> I always have a lot to say. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. You keep talking, and then I'll just, I'll just listen, and maybe try to think of stuff to run, keep this episode going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to mention, because you had actually brought it up, was that I am going to New York Comic Con, but only on Friday. I had tried to get the Saturday ones; they were sold the hell out before I even got there. So, oh, good get to go friday but this means that i get to announce something that i haven't actually put anywhere else yet so you're kind of getting the, the first dibs on this info oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> i'm gonna be debuting a new character i'm gonna be doing magic from x-men and as is my style and because you know i'm i can never do run of the mill i always have to do something a little bit special i'm gonna do an embellished version of her costume so Crossing my fingers, hopefully I can get it done in time. I am already starting on the very earliest phase of it, but hopefully it should be done. Actually, I'm not even going to say hopefully. I'm going to say it will be done. Even if I have to like skip nights of sleeping, even if I have to put everything else aside, and again, the crying will ensue, yep. I will get it done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, magic from X-Men, you said? Mm-hmm. Long story short, so my, my X Men knowledge is like next to nothing, so oh. I'm gonna have to look her up by the time I, after this episode's over. <laughs> mine, is hard, mine is hardly better than that. But what happened is because I am an incredibly shallow person as far as it goes with pretty much everything from anime and video games to comic books. Even though obviously I I do have an, a huge investment in all of those things, um, 
I am not a big X-Men fan. What happened was I went to a Barnes and Noble and you know how they have the little figurines in the toy section? Yeah, yeah, mine mine does that now. <laughs> so I went walking past there because my geeky self told myself that I wasn't allowed to leave until I like checked out all the different action figures they had there or figurines. Some of them were action figures. Um, and I happened to see this blonde haired character wearing all black. It looked a little bit like leather and then black armor with a giant sword standing there and looking at posing where she's still like really pretty, but kind of dark, kind of like the, the way I go for, for cosplays. Right. Like, God damn, I got to do that. So I <laughs> couldn't figure out where the hell it was from either. I ended up spending a ton of time online looking for this character, finally found it and was like, okay, this is happening. So, and the nice thing is I really like to do discrete characters just because I don't like cosplaying the same things that everybody else does. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, I've always been that way. If it's super popular, I'm probably not going to touch it. Unless yeah, you want to do the, the obscure people and then have people who actually do know the obscure characters go, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No one cosplays as that one. <laughs> it's already, it's happened a couple times before I did um, Valkyrie from Thor way before um, a lot of other people were cosplaying Valkyrie. Now I've seen a couple more cosplays come out. There's a, a version that I think Zach Fisher had done, which was much more world of Warcraft esque seen a couple of people cosplay that too but i did it before i really saw anybody else doing it out there and there was a little kid that went running up with her dad and her dad was freaking out she was freaking out and i was like oh what's going on he's like we love valkyrie and i'm like wait a second you didn't call me lady thor and he's like no because you're not lady thor you're valkyrie apparently as a little girl she was like four or five like he got her into comics and stuff and that was the favorite like collection of comics they used to read oh, okay. so obviously everyone likes thor but they specifically were really like into valkyrie it was their favorite character and everything so no, that's good. Uh, talk about like an adorable like disney-esque moment where a little kid runs up and just wants to hug and you're like oh <laughs> yeah so it is really special to to do the more discreet characters they don't get enough attention and again i like to be kind of the first person to do something different which is why i did the void elf i was the very first person to cosplay to void elf um Blizzard obviously picked up on that when I went to their booth at um oh my god my poor brain pack yes yeah um and the first reaction I got was wow that was quick you made that this quickly and I was like well we knew about the expansion like way early last year so I saw I literally saw the void elf I saw the light forge drain eye. I really wanted to do the drain eye first but figured um those are incredibly hard to walk in and very uncomfortable and while i do have a pair i didn't want to subject myself to that for packs so i was like you know what i'm gonna do a void elf yeah and i ended up being the first one and it was awesome and now i see other people starting to pick up on it and i'm super excited to see what others are going to do in terms of like you know adapting their own style to it and whatnot but yeah that should be fun a little special <laughs> <laughs> yeah same thing with me um i think just recently when i found a cosplayer to write about for my blog um i found out she is as far as i know it did it some people i i don't know if they're a boy or a girl just based on how they dress so he or she forgive me if i got the gender wrong um, but they cosplayed as Prompto in his casual skin without the jacket, which is one of my favorite cosplays that I've done. And as far as I know, I'm now like not the only one who's ever done that version of him for cons and whatnot. So that was really cool. Yeah. 
it's pretty exciting when when you get to be the first person everyone recognizes you and still yet doesn't they're not used to it yet and so there is that little bit of of, of a spark of oh my god <laughs> yeah well that should be exciting yeah i gotta i gotta go look up that x-men character now that you've said it yeah it's you'll you'll like the design <laughs> oh i'm sure i will <laughs> and to, to you making it then it's gonna be awesome so we'll definitely yeah. have to meet up and try and find each other on friday yeah hell yeah I got I got a pack of sixty Polaroid films, so that's it will happen this time. Yay! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, for anyone who uh, who's listening, what what happened at Consu was that um, his his Polaroid camera decided that it just it had enough. It didn't want to have anything to do with me. We ended up trying to take a couple pictures, and nothing was happening, and it wouldn't budge. Most stubborn machine ever. So yeah. crossing my fingers a little bit more cooperative this time. No, it had been, it had been I think later on that con. Oh, so it's just me. I see how it is. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's like we don't want any of you. No. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'd say this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely my first podcast, so I'm sure everyone enjoyed the stupid awkwardness of myself. And me trying to think of stuff to say. Yeah, at least we're proud of it, right? Yeah, no, sometimes it's hard. Cause I, I, subjects like Patreon, it's, just, it's a little bit more difficult in terms of, aside from all the other past one, ones that I've done where it would just talk about the guest and like the recent con that they went to. So. Yeah, I mean, you know me well enough to know that like I... I much prefer to get on the either the controversial bandwagon or the kind of in-depth like let's talk about something really solid kind of you know thing and this was solid i mean patreon has had had its fair share of controversy with how several cosplayers use it and the type of content they produce but overall i i like it like i'm supporting people that i care about um like Danielle Ballou's Patreon is one of the best ones that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of like the tutorial that she writes, and then I got another close friend of mine, uh, Bloodthirsty Beauty, who just rapid fire posts a lot each month, and I think that's so worth it, especially with the tier that I'm in. So I get like a bunch of little prints and a Polaroid and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say, Danielle, I met like years and years ago before, like, you know, cosplay famous, quote unquote, um, was a thing. And like, obviously, her costumes have just progressed to the point where it's like she's she's hard to match, which is really nice Two, She's like, I've known her for a while. And three, the fact that she does offer so much on Patreon, like I, I will flat out say like, I'm getting ready to subscribe to her as well not just to support a friend but also because the content's worth it and yeah it's it's great to see what she's doing i i want to be able to you know be engaged in that and it's it really is a treat when you get to see someone who you actually know and you like respect as a person you know and and see them just go way out there and end up being one of the best just because she's gotten the support she's had the passion she has the talent you know yeah yeah, I mean, 
I haven't really made any new outfits in a, in a while because adult priorities have to take come first. But like, <laughs> so I haven't I haven't really uh, don't have a use for her tutorials. But I mean, like, I also get like all the lewd high res images. So that's a nice treat. And like, hey, if I ever do make something, I can always hop onto her and scroll for past tutorials, see if there's anything that she made that kind of similar to whatever I decide to make in the near future mm -hmm. for some help. Yeah, I um, I mean, she's definitely posted a couple things that, that I'll like watch and everything just because I'm curious to see how she approached, especially something like that I've already tried to do and either struggled with or found one way of doing, but perhaps, you know, it wasn't the best way. Um, another person that I, I really found valuable to watch is Evil Ted on YouTube. He's, oh, yeah. he's not so much a cosplayer himself, obviously, but you know, he was one of the very first people getting into foam and how it works for cosplay, um, where to buy stuff, how to use different tools and everything. And it's, I mean, I'll, I'll flat out just sit on the couch when I'm being bored and procrastinating being like, Oh, I don't want to make a cosplay right now, even though I'm totally supposed to. So I'm going to do something cosplay related, sit on the couch and watch <laughs> videos. And that way I feel like I'm being productive without actually being productive don't tell my friends that because they think I'm like working. <laughs> I'll literally, I'll get calls on the phone. I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy watching evil Ted videos. Well, and, I mean, if they ever see this podcast episode, then they'll know the truth. I know I'm not good at hiding anything anyways. I'm an open book. So, well, okay. Um, let me just take a look here. Yeah. I mean, you kind of went into detail about how you made some parts of your ghost cosplay mm -hmm. when I met you in. So, uh, yeah, you got any any closing remarks or? Yeah. Um. Well, this is this is like a slightly different topic slash it's completely related at the same time. Um, I know a lot of people have been starting to get into three D printing, and I don't really feel one way or another about it, only because. You know, I, as a professional artist, know how to 3D model, and I definitely think that, you know, hey, if you're, you know, modeling something online from scratch or ripping files from a game and adapting it to, like, how you're going to wear it in real life, especially since video game characters, like, the proportions are not the same, um, you know, you should still get props for having made that yourself. Um, if you're not, again, hey, there are people who buy every piece of their costume and they don't make a goddamn thing, but they're still cosplayers because they're wearing it. They're still going to cons. They're having fun. Um, cosplay should not be determined by what you're making yourself. Granted, I enjoy that part of cosplay the most. In fact, I enjoy it more than even wearing it, but right. I'm an artist at the end of the day, not just a cosplayer. Um, but for 3D printing, like with a lot of things I've been seeing, um, and this goes back to the ghost headdress, I didn't make a single piece of that with 3D printing. I would like to start doing that with certain headdresses only because 3D printing can be really convenient for, you know, getting the shape down pat, um, time management i would like especially for more difficult cosplays i know i can sculpt something from scratch i know that if somebody else wants me to prove that i can i pull up you know ghost headdress or something else i've made from scratch but for the sake of time it'd be great to be able to create my own 3d files and print them and you know let those kind of go on the side while i'm working on the stuff that you know i have to make from scratch um one of the other things that i'd love to do is 
with headdresses, especially since I've, I've had a slew of people asking me, how do you make them? Are you willing to sell them? Um, you know, are you going to create an Etsy shop for them? Um, I mean, I have an Etsy shop for my animal years. I've, I'm kind of on hiatus with those, but the one thing that really has stopped me from doing those kinds of commissions, which are pretty easy is the fact that it just, it really is time consuming and that time I need to be able to dedicate toward my costumes. So if I am creating, you know, the, the skull portion of a headdress from scratch, I can create it from whatever. And then, you know, take that. And I mean, casting is another way of doing it, but if I, if I'm doing that in a 3d printing program, I can do that more often. I can produce them for other people. And then I can start selling stuff for people. In fact, I can make, uh, you know, I'm forgetting what the word is, the, the piece of plastic or wood or whatever you're using, that's going to be, um, cast in resin eventually. Uh That's what you're creating the actual mold from. Like that would be so easy to make in a 3d, you know, printing sort of situation. So Again, there's nothing wrong with doing 3D printing. Um, nothing I've made so far has been that, but I would like to look into that. And I would love to create more wolf headdresses and lion headdresses and everything else I can, not just for myself, but for people who actually want to buy those. And that way I can give something back to the community, not just in the form of rewards, but actual stuff that people can wear, which would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Hmm. I know, I totally just spun out on you. <laughs> no, this is good. This is good. Okay. Well, on that note, so Azura Cosplay, she's got her Patreon launching later today. Yes, I'm committing to it. Finally. All right. All right. <laughs> I know you're like, uh-huh. Right. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I have you on record. <laughs> you do. So does everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So you can check her out on there and I guess everywhere else. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, same handle. Yep, pretty much. Azra Cosplay Official for Instagram. Twitter is Azra underscore cosplay, only because I can't use the full Azra Cosplay Official. Character limit, god damn it. Um, and Facebook's just Azra Cosplay. Right, and then you can follow me as Blue Lightning Cost on Twitter, Instagram, as well as my blog's own Instagram account and the blog well to see when new posts go up. And next episode is gonna happen sooner than you think because July thirty first, so August is tomorrow, and my guest will be the super adorable Lara Lunardi and we're going to be talking about basically her kind of life in general as it's been as she's been working towards with her own little show that she has in partnership with some sewing machine company as well as uh just what it's been like working in the game industry so far so that'll be recording pretty soon I'm talking like end of this week or something and then it'll be up ASAP but yeah thanks for listening guys and yeah i guess that's it